everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 42, Cherubino Redux, for April 14th, 2011. This week we have with us a uh, friend of the show, Mr. Steve Cherubino, the uh, uh, grand poobah of the podnuts.com network. He's a fellow podcaster and just a great guy. He was with us uh, back in uh, November of 2010, and um, it will forever be known as the Lost Episode. Um he was on. We had a great show. We talked about podcasting. We talked about video editing. It was a great thing. And then it didn't get recorded. So I just want you to know, for the record, this one is being recorded. We have the Ustream going. We have Audacity going. And so, and he even record, is recording it on his end. So if something uh, messes up, and he says that it's not because if I screw up, but I not, I'm not sure I believe him on that. I think it was uh, he decided he'd go ahead and record it so <laughs> right. that I wouldn't send him another email saying, dude, sorry. Yeah. Sorry uh, we wasted an yeah. hour of your life sorry about that <laughs> so that's uh he'll be coming up a, a little bit and but for now i just wanted to mention a, a couple of things uh that are that are looming in the future um this is a little personal and and uh, please don't take it the wrong way but uh, we've always strived to be uh open and honest with our audience and and let you know what's going on um in the uh rash of, of budget issues uh, going on here in the state of Texas. Uh, my wife has lost her job. Uh, and and as a result of that, there will be some, uh, f- some occupational changes in the future. I'm probably going to have to go out and find as much as I love the job I have now, I'm probably going to have to find a job that pays more, uh, which may in fact uh, be outside of education. Um, uh, Sean is, uh, having some issues right now that, uh, may pull him away from, uh, from the job he has now. Um, uh, I'll, I'll let him to talk about that or not, but, uh, right. just, just so that you know, there, there are some things, uh, that will be changing, but our, our hope, our goal is to keep this thing going. It, it just may be different. We may miss some episodes. Um, you just know that over the next few months, things are going to be changing. Uh, and we will hope to make this as, uh, um, invisible a change to you as possible. We hope to keep coming to you on a regular basis and bringing you good quality stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, we're going to, to be making some adjustments. And, and if uh, things get a little wobbly for a while, that's why. So I'm just going to leave you at that. Yeah, absolutely. And we've uh, we basically have decided that regardless, I mean, ultimately, that was a situation that was going to occur anyways. Uh, one of us or the other were probably going to go uh and have to find a job somewhere else or for whatever reasons so uh you can't keep the dream team together for always right right and in my case it's just a matter of uh, i am now driving two hours to work uh one direction uh so uh you know something uh is probably going to have to change uh either a financially or b (laughs) with my location a job so uh but we've endeavored that you know regardless of that fact uh, uh skype's a beautiful thing and there's really no reason that we can't continue the show on anyway so all right so that's all there is to that and you wanted to talk about uh, some work you've been doing on the, the website yes and i want to throw this out there to seth because he really is the one that jumped on me and said you know you're not really keeping up with those tips of the week archives so i got on there and uh i think it was last thursday and friday and then uh, some more today i finally finished it up today and got the tips of the week archive finished up and uh it is current through episode 40 our last release and uh you know thanks seth uh now 
there was some mention about it being a sticky uh, topic and really staying at the top of the forums. And the only way to do that is to actually make it its own forum, uh, just given the software that we're using. So, you know, I am considering that, but I will say uh, uh, all you really need to do is if you go into the forums is literally just type tips into the search box and it's going to bring up both those tips archives. You don't even have to go so far as the forums right there on the front page of the website. There's a search box at the top. I think the default is to members, but you can click the drop down box and search the forums. Right. So you can search for anything you want there. Absolutely. So that's all there is to that. And uh, now also this week, uh, for the entire month of uh, April, we'll be uh, bringing you our uh, first uh, sponsored spot. Uh, this uh, is from a friend of ours, the uh, Chuck Sapersky, the uh, creator of our favorite tool, Fog. And he's got a new product called PowerPTC uh, from his company called CWS Software. And what PowerPCT is, is uh, what it is, is, see, I said it. Yep, too. there you go. All right. What PowerPTC is, is um, <laughs> a web-based parent-teacher conference scheduling tool. So if you've got, um, uh, you load up with all your, uh, your schedule information, all your stuff out of your student information system, if you happen to be using uh, Pearson's PowerSchool, it can reach right into Pearson's uh, to Power School and pull that stuff out. If not, you can upload it as a CSV and, and feed it your information uh, in whatever way you want. It knows all your teacher schedules. It knows all your student schedule. It knows your parents. Your parents log in. It's a very self-service sort of thing, and it will create their... Um, uh, schedule and it can say I want to meet with all my students' parents and uh, if you give it the right information it can even uh, track that out by how f the walking distance between them so if you're a uh, large district spread out among a bunch of different areas and you have one campus on one side of town and one campus on another uh, Power PTC will know that and will calculate the shortest route that you have to walk to do that and um, it's available as a virtual machine, uh, which is very cool. Uh, you simply download your uh, the uh, prepackaged uh, uh, VMware machine. You throw it on your VMware player uh, of your choice, and um, and it loads right up. You answer a few questions to set it up. I actually went through and did the setup thing, and um, it is great. Uh, the only hiccup I had was when I fed it an invalid IP address, <laughs> and, and uh, but <laughs> yeah. other than that, uh, it was fine. It, it came up and and it's got all the data, and it's a really quick, easy to use interface. Um, your secretaries can use it. Your principals can use it for setting things up where the parents can do their own self-service things because it knows, for example, when your teacher's conference periods are. So you simply download the VM. There is a, uh, a demo license if you just want to try before you buy. It doesn't cost you anything. You uh, you download the VM. You check out the uh, uh, ask them for a, a demo license. They'll give it to you. You can set it up on your own servers, on your own gear, test it with your own data um, uh, for a while, and it, it works uh, really really well. I'm very impressed with it. Happy to have them as a sponsor because we love Fog. It's a great piece of uh, of software, and so the creators of that must know what they're doing if they've made something that good. Yeah, um, absolutely. We have a special URL. It's cwssoft, cwssoft.com slash tightwad. Again, that'll be in the show notes, cwssoft.com slash tightwad. And that special URL uh, will uh, will take you to a special page just for Tightwad Tech listeners. And if during checkout you enter the coupon code tightwad, you'll get 20% off your order. So uh, there you have it. Check it out. Ditto. Okay. <laughs> they don't call him the best cover man in the business for nothing, people. <laughs> and without further ado, we'll bring on Mr. Steve Cherubino. We're chomping at the bit to talk to him. And so uh, here we go. 
All right, Steve, thanks for being with us today. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on last time and looking forward to this do-over. Uh, <laughs> so first off, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of you, uh, but uh, if not, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Steve Cherubino and Podnuts. Sure. Well, first off, thanks for, thanks for having me back on. I totally appreciate it. Cool. Um, Podnuts is, Podnuts.com is my podcasting network, I guess you could call it. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a series of tech podcasts. We have about five or six shows that we're doing. And, um, I started a couple years ago, about three years ago. Um, just had a ton of fun with it because it was so fun. I kept doing it more and more and it kept expanding and expanding with a great community like you guys are experiencing. And, um, it got to a point where uh, I pretty much am doing it as my job, my full-time job, paying bills by promoting, you know, products that uh, either I've created or endorse, and uh, doing it as as uh, it's what I do now. So it's uh, it's I, it's like a dream come true. I mean, I got a fun fun uh, community. We got a bunch of I talk tech all the time, and it's it's podcasting. I think it's where it's at right now. That's cool. When you get to turn what you would do for free into what you do for a living, that's a great thing, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. You know, mo most people think that they can't do that. But uh, I believe that where you have a passion to do something, there's always a way to make money along with that. You know what I mean? So you could have fun, do what you want to do, and still make it a career. Work doesn't have to be work. And um, I'm getting a little spoiled, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you even got to move to warmer climates, right? Yeah. You know, I, I used to have a computer repair shop and uh, be a computer repair guy, and uh, I still have an interest in it. Um, but that, you know, that that whole experience of running the shop gave me the idea for podcasting and the material I, I, the material I use for my actual first podcasts, and um, it took off so well that uh, yeah, I, I I sold my shop and I said I think I'd just rather podcast now and uh, podcast about computer repair. So. Uh, I'm kind of interested uh, because the way we got started was we uh, got into listening to podcasts and then uh, we started really going out and looking for something that really spoke to what we did daily. And uh, we noticed that there was kind of a hole in the market there. So we decided, hey, we're going to go ahead and do our own. Uh, do you have a similar story? Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, there's plenty of tech podcasts out there, but uh, there's not a whole lot as far as just the day to day, you know, nuts and bolts of it. I absolutely do, and it's it's similar to yours. Uh, you know, like you said, there's a, there's a lot of podcasts out there, and it, I think it's really wise to have a niche, go after a niche. If you're going to start a podcast, go after a niche area. Uh, you guys are doing tech and education. My niche area was computer repair. I mean, there's tons of podcasts about computers out there, but there was not many, if any, maybe a few, about computer repair. And it's what I lived every day at my shop, Similar to how you guys um, experience what you experience every day, and then you know you talk about that material on your show. Same thing. I I did computer repairs every day, and then I came home and I flipped on the webcam and you streamed it and talked did a podcast about computer repair. My material basically wrote itself every day. I, what I experienced through through working at my computer repair shop each day, I would just come home and talk about it. It was it was the easiest thing in the world as far as material. The shows just wrote themselves, but it was because of that niche and the focus on computer repair rather than just computers or tech that allowed me to, uh, I think, gain some ground and get some listeners who, uh, who really wanted to know about that kind of thing. Otherwise, I think I would have got lost in the mix. So when you started, did you have a plan or were you just, you just needed to talk to somebody and the camera was there? 
I just needed to talk to somebody. And that's, that's you nailed you know you nailed it. Um, you learn so I learned so much doing computer repair because I I didn't go to school for computer repair. I didn't have aspirations when I was young to be a computer repair technician. It was something I I, I knew I liked computers and I kind of fell into it. And I said this might be a cool thing to do. So. Basically, when I ran my shop, I started with very little experience and, and learned along the way as a crash course. And when you learn that much, that fast, and I, I do believe if you really want to learn how to do something, start a business doing it. Um, that's how I learned. You just learn stuff day in and day out. And I was learning so much so fast that I had to tell somebody about the cool stuff I learned each day. And that's, that's why podcasting lent itself to exactly, uh, what I was, what I was doing. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically what happened. So why, the medium of podcasting, why not blogging or, or uh, some other expressive media? Well, I, I was a big fan at the time of what Leo Laporte was doing with his Twit Network. And it seemed like just such a fun thing to do. Um, even just audio podcasting without video is, is how he started, and that's how I started. Uh, it, it was just fun. I felt, like I, could, I felt like I could talk better than I could write. And probably express my ideas a little faster and with less work than if I uh, actually wrote everything out. I'm not a good writer. I think I'm a better talker. So, so uh, how's that less work thing working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the work that I do in podcasting is it, it's actually more fun. Podcasting does take a ton of work, but what I, the work in podcasting for me is the technical stuff. You know, getting the cameras set up, using getting the programs, getting setting the equalizer and the compression and making sure everybody's calling and on time and the Skype's coming through on three channels separately. That kind of stuff is the work for me, uh, which hopefully I'll be able to dish off at some point, but um, <laughs> that's the work now. Uh, and then most of my shows, I'm actually not the guy that, that does most of the talking, if you listen. I'm, I'm kind of uh, the host, and I let others uh, educate, <laughs> do the educating, and I, I learn a bunch in the process. So Doing the actual show is not, not as much work as uh, preparing everything else to go along with the show and putting it up on the site. Well, you mentioned your, your gear. Let's, let's get into that for our hardcore uh, hardware geeks out there. Sure. Um, you started video from day one, or did that come later? No, video came probably about a year later than I started. I think I started in 2008. I think I started doing video in 2009 with Podnuts Daily. And... Um, it started out, you know, one piece at a time. I had a, I had a Mac Mini. My whole podcasting rig at the time was a Mac Mini, um, a mix, a PV, uh, PV8, eight channel mixer, and a pretty crappy mic, to be honest. And, uh, I just ran the mixer straight into my Mac Mini, and that was my whole audio rig. The video rig after that was the only camera I could find that would work on a Mac, which at the time was an Xbox 360 camera, if you believe it. Uh, a Microsoft wow. camera. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The Microsoft camera was the only thing that would work on your Mac computer? The, the Microsoft camera was the best camera to use and affordable at the time for me that I could use on my Mac for, uh, for podcasting. I, I have to admit, the Logitech 9000 oh, it works on almost any platform, Linux, Mac, PC, but was a hundred bucks and i was poorer poorer back then so uh, the 30 dollar microsoft uh camera took me a long way that was my rig at the time uh, that's what i started on so what are you using now what has that grown into it's uh it's grown to into a, a bit of a monster uh i might be able to switch camera views if you guys want to see it on video i'll just, oh, I'll yeah. just swing a webcam around here 
it'll be easier for me to talk about it actually let's see if this breaks anything you guys ready oh yeah sure go ahead all right um are you getting a camera off view off of this no same camera so far how about that i see i see you but nothing changed all right, let me try one more thing. If that doesn't work, I will just explain my way through it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go here, hit a Logitech camera, and let's see what that does. And let me hit save. There we go. Yeah. Okay. All right, great. Awesome. Glad you guys could see that. Um, so I'll pull this out, and the camera might get a little shaky, but I'll, I'll point as things as I talk about them. I guess we'll start with this you know, mess up of lights here. Uh, what we got here is the audio part. You know, um, what I like to do with a lot of my shows is have three guests on. Um, a lot of my shows have three guests. So I had to buy this thing. If you see the silver um, rack system there with the blue knobs and all the wires coming out of it, that's an audio interface. That basically allows me to take eight channels of audio and bring it on to one program separately. This way, if... Uh, Instead of mixing all the audio channels into one channel, if I do them separately, say one guest has a really bad internet connection, one of my guests, I can actually tweak just that track and it won't affect any of the other tracks. That's a PreSonus Fire Studio project. And that's what I use to record into the computer. All those and that's wires. FireWire? It is a FireWire interface hooked up to a, uh, an iMac right now. Uh, these two long black items under there are uh, compressors. They're actually, it's a compressor and a noise gate built into one. It's a DBX-266XL. And I bought two of them because each box has two separate channels. So I, I needed four channels, you know, one for me and for three guests if I have them. So each guest, get, each guest gets their own channel of compression and a noise gate. And having those items, I feel, really bumps up my professionalism because having a noise gate takes out all the background noise, you know? Absolutely, absolutely fans and cars and cats running around and things like that will uh, will get in there if you don't have a, a nice noise gate. And I, I really like the noise gate on these because it's soft. It opens and closes quietly. So you don't really hear that it's working. All you know is that there's no background noise and it works out pretty well. And a compressor is also built into these. And compression allows you to basically take your voice and um, kind of squash the signal so it's more listen listenable, if that is a word. Whereas uh, with a good compressor, I could yell into my mic or I could whisper into my mic and it could probably come out being at the same volume if the, if the compressor's working hard enough. So those two items are a compressor and a noise gate. Uh, above it, the long uh, black bar above it is just where I plug all my uh, power adapters in. That's a power conditioner. It's a Furman M8X squared. And uh, above that, we on the left-hand side here, is this an audio control one? That's just a sound card, an ex external sound card, and uh, two of my guests usually come through that sound card. I, uh, I have a separate sound card for each of my guests, so I can feed them all into separate channels. And I've uh, got a little fast track M audio thing here. That basically just feeds all the audio after I'm done with it into my video stream. So that doesn't get recorded in my computer. That just goes into the video stream, and that's just a simple little box for that. Got a monitor up there. This is an i7 PC. That's just my Skype machine. All it does is Skype. It's its only job. But I needed an i7 because I run three separate Skypes at one time. And that's how I'm able to get video for each guest. Three separate Skypes, three separate video feeds. I'll turn it over into here, which is a program I'm using now called Wirecast. This is on a separate machine. Wirecast allows me to take all those video feeds and make cute little boxes and 
lower thirds and titles and green screens and it's, it does all the video magic. It's a video switching program. It's not cheap, but it basically does everything I need to do. And so, you know, I had no choice really. That's, <laughs> it has pretty much everything I wanted. Yeah, Wirecast is a great choice. I've, I've looked into it. Yeah, I, I enjoy Wirecast. You know, it's, it's buggy. It crashes, but there's, you know, if anybody's in the uh, video, video, live video switching, thinking about getting into that market, there's a wide open market because there's nothing but Wirecast and VidBlaster right now, to be honest. Not a lot of options, but luckily Wirecast does what I want. Well, and, you know, we're all about, uh, you know, being tightwads and everything, but, uh, and I think Wirecast was what in the $500 range. Is that right, Mark? Do you remember? That, that sounds about right. 550 or so. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, honestly, uh, given, you know, I guess it's all relative in, in that mm. arena, that's actually considered affordable. I mean, versus your other options. It's, you're, it's, you're exactly right. It is considered affordable. Um, if you're a, TV studio, you know, okay, 500 bucks, yeah, I admit for a hobbyist. But, um, you know, for, for most guys just starting out in podcasting, that's just unreal to them. Right. The, the, the cool thing about it, is that what it does is it does everything a podcaster pretty much needs. So, yeah, I agree with you, Sean. It's, it's affordable in the relatively, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, if I wanted to, uh, I had nothing but an, an empty room and I wanted to replicate your rig, how much would it cost me from, from the ground up? It would probably cost you, uh, I would say, about twenty five hundred bucks. Okay, but now it's not like I don't want to scare anybody off. That's just through years of collecting, and I'm right. I'm a gearhead. I I want I want all the stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll bring the camera down one more time. I'll show you the last thing, but that's basically what what it's going for. So, quick spin around. I gave you the detail, but there's the quick spin around. We got an i seven machine down there. That's the Skype computer. Swing it over here. We got a quad-core Intel Wirecast computer. Got a laptop here. This does all my... Anything I want to show on the screen, I use my laptop here. I, I look at the screen, and then I do a screencast from that as far as um, if I want to show websites and stuff like that. And then we got the iMac here, which does the uh, actual audio recording. All the audio stuff gets done on here with a program called Studio One, which came with the PreSonus. And the reason I use Studio One is because it just integrates so well with that PreSonus 8-channel uh, audio input that... uh. I can uh, get a lot of stuff done with that. And uh, between all this equipment, I mean, I'm including a Mac. So that's, that's, like, that's really what really bumps the price up. If you do this without a Mac, you could probably save $500 to $1,000. <laughs> so you're recording us right now, I see. So if I screw up, you've got us covered, right? That's not the reason I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, actually, the reason I'm doing it is um, my, my latest project is I'm writing a book. And a series of videos on how to podcast. It's going to be available at howtopodcast.biz. It's going to cover everything I said and you know have said so far in the interview. And I actually hope to use this interview in it if you guys don't mind. Awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, it'll cover all the equipment, how to start, get started from like from start to finish, A to Z, every little thing you need to know. Even if you have one dollar in your pocket, I'll show you how to do it. So I'll go basically from no equipment to a full rig and everything in between, and all all my all my tick trips. Uh, tricks and tips and everything I learned throughout the years is going to be in it. So if anybody does miss anything in this show, it's, it'll be available there. Mark, I, I think I know how he's going to use us. The, what not these, to do? No, these two goofballs <laughs> down in Texas can do it. So if they can, you can. <laughs> oh, man. No, you, you guys have a lot of fun, just like I do. I mean, well, well, let me ask you guys. I'm, podcasting, is it one of the coolest things you've ever done? 
We love I mean, it. We absolutely love yeah, it. And, absolutely. and hope to someday be able to get paid, right? That, that's sort of the goal. Of course, we'd have to make twice as much money because there's two of us as you. So we're going to have to be twice as good as you are, I suppose. Um, well, I could give you a, my best tip on that. And I see, I don't wear my marketing department hat that very well. So I don't go hunting for sponsors. My best success, and I think anybody who's podcasting's best success is to create your own product that you know that your listeners want because you're in constant communication with your listeners. I'm sure you get asked a lot of questions. There's going to be one or two questions that keep coming up over and over and over again. For me, it was, how do, how do you fix laptops? Well, I, I made a set of videos on how to fix laptops and, uh, and promoted that to my guys. And that's been paying my bills. And, you know, if you make your own product, you, you get to keep a lot of the, uh, you know, the percentage of your profits, depending on how you do it. And people are more likely to buy from you because you're you. You're the, the, the people, they listen to you. They, that's, it's your show. Uh, people tune into your show. They want to hear you guys. They want to see you guys. If you create a product from you guys, people, are, I think, are more likely to buy it. So since my marketing hat sucked, that was what I was left with, making my own <laughs> stuff. And it just worked out well. So I, I highly recommend creating your own products, your own set of videos or something, and, uh, and selling that if you're a podcaster. People will buy from you because people will listen to you. And and I will say, you know, I'm not just um, flogging your product because you're here, but I've checked out your laptop uh, repair videos, and they really are a master class in uh, video uh, laptop repair. They they're any tech who wants to do this for a living uh, should get that because the uh, for the for the value. What do you charge for them again? It's fifty four ninety five for the nothing. downloads. It's nothing. Yeah, I mean, you're going to recoup that on one job. Yeah, it just it just knowing how to take a case off a freaking Dell laptop is worth 50 bucks. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, the the way you've done it with the, you know, you, you break it down a machine and you talk talk your way through it. That's that's exactly how I would teach somebody if I were teaching someone. So that's, uh, that's perfect. Thanks. They were real-life examples because that was in my shop probably shortly after a customer dropped that machine off. I just turned the camera on and fixed it, and that's how I did a lot of the jobs. You know, if some of the camera work could be better. I, my hands get in the way of the camera a lot, right. so I'm not going to say this isn't like you know Spielberg quality, but um, this is it's just, it's it does the job. So the only thing you didn't mention in your uh, uh, gear rundown there is the mic. Uh, tell us about the mic you use. Uh, mic. Um, you know, I caved in and um, I just bought the mic that I've seen everybody else using, and I. There's, the problem is there's so many mics out there that I didn't know which one to choose, so I just chose the one that I thought sounded good from podcasters that I listened to. Is it and the it's Heil the Heil PR540? It's the Heil PL40. It's the Heil PL40. Okay. Um, okay. It's usually a $329 mic, but that's with the accessories. I got this on Amazon for like 280 I believe. And when have you had that one all along? I don't think you had that no. the last time you were with us. No. In fact, it's, it's another reason why not to just get freaked out about having a good mic. I, I, I used a $100 condenser mic I got at Guitar Center that came with a nice set of headphones I used forever um, for years. And having a $100 mic will get you 90% there. And this mic, I love it. I love it now, but it's only going to give you that extra little kick. You know what I mean? It's not going to make or break you. Um, so I, I recommend don't go out and just and dump a ton of money on a mic until you know you're, you're invested in, in podcasting. Then look. Look at which one you want to really get that old tweak your voice. And uh, right. I just, like I said, I just gave this a try because everybody else I knew was using it. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy with it. It, it, it. it really does the job. All right, cool. Just because you did it, let me see if mm -hmm. I can do the same thing and give you a walkthrough of our stuff. 
There we I, go. I love hearing this. Absolutely. I'm going to turn my head and watch you guys as you do this. Ours is uh, or you want me uh, much to, uh, simpler. No, that's right. I'll do it. Right, I'll I'm going to start with you. Oh, yeah. uh, just to give you an example here. That's uh, our studio is my office. Uh, nothing more complicated than that. Sean's wearing a twenty dollars set of headphones and talking into a twenty dollars microphone. Yeah, and uh, you know that's that's our rig there. Sounds great. And rather than using the uh, the componentized thing that you've got, I have. This Alesis Multimix 8, 8 channel USB mixer. So rather Great. than Firewire like yours is, it's USB uh, 2.0. And so that gives me up to 10 different channels of audio. And you can see there just a uh, Frankenstein mash of, of cables running in there. That's unavoidable. Right. And then that runs to this little Dell Inspiron 15 laptop. Nothing special about that at all. That is both Skype and um, Audacity you can see running there in, in the background. So we do our recording and our uh, Skyping on the same machine. Now, unlike you, I don't have separate channels for Skype. So if I have multiple uh, audio, uh, multiple interview people it's all one um audio source and so if somebody is talking and somebody else isn't i just kind of have to live with that i do however get uh three different tracks or, or multiple tracks you can see there in audacity i'm in one track and and sean's in another and the skype is in another so i i can i have some limits uh, some ability there what i'd like to be able to do is um do what you do and separate out the uh um audio but the tightwad way that, that sean and i've talked about doing that is buying some uh cheap little uh 200 netbooks and running skype on each of those and running them into the mixer rather than buying the big i7 um because then you uh, get the same separation for a little less money i i, I i'll talk a little bit about that too i okay. had that, i i thought about doing that but um and then, this is our video machine. It's just a, a quad-core uh, processor running uh, an open-source uh, software called Webcam Studio, and that's what does all our camera switching, all that sort of stuff. And um, here's the crazy thing about it. Okay, what we're seeing here when I point at that machine is you're you're there on Skype on the on the right. On the left is you on Skype again. Um, and so I've got, uh, I, I use VNC to capture this Skype instance and feed that to the camera. Then I use VNC on this machine to go back into that same machine again. So I've got two machines VNCing into each other <laughs> to give you your Skype feed, um, <laughs> using a, a free tool called ManyCam. That's and, what I'm using to send you, send you your video too. Right. And then, uh, that all comes off of this machine on, on my Ubuntu box here. Uh, and we've got, uh, let's see, I have one, just a regular Logitech, uh, 9000 webcam is what we're right. using. Nothing special there. And so we could do our whole rig minus the video for about a thousand bucks. And then if you wanted to throw the video in, um, maybe another thousand. So we're not too far off of each other there. No, uh, that's very cool. Um, I, I like the fact that you're using a, a mixer that's a USB mixer. I mean, USB and FireWire, there's, there's no real difference right now. I mean, I, I wouldn't, even though mine's a FireWire, if it was USB, I would just be perfect, just as, just as happy. The thing is, um, I think you might be able to, Mark, uh, do separate tracks. Can't you record separate tracks on Audacity with that mixer? 
Does uh, does yes, I can. But yeah. what I can't do is I, I'd need three different sound cards, um, each one doing Skype like you've got, and I can't cram that into a laptop. Uh-huh. So that's my limitation. I see. Okay, there, that's why I want to go with the three netbooks. Yeah, having three netbooks is cool because you can have a separate video pop up on each one and run separate instances of Skype. But um, yeah, I, I thought about doing that. The reason I didn't. Um, oh my gosh, I can't really remember. I, 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 you know what? I had this computer. I actually had this computer doing nothing, just sitting around. I bought it for another purpose that I never got used for. So I decided to give it a shot with this. So yeah, I was being, I was a, being a tightwad too. I didn't want to spend any more money. <laughs> uh, my only issue, uh, the different, the, the thing that I don't like about the way you do doing it, uh, the, 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 I talk good English. The thing I don't like about the way you're doing it there with the, with the one big machine, uh, is it's a single point of failure. Um, yes. And, and if you separate that out, one, one machine can crash, you lose that one guest in his Skype feed and the others can keep going. So. Yes. You get a, a little. I, I prefer redundancy. I'm an old uh, server room guy, and uh, you know, uh, I believe in RAID. I believe in backups. I believe in redundancies. Yeah, and no, that's smart. It's smart. Well, I think that's kind of similar to uh, what Leo Laporte's doing with his Skyposaurus, right? He's got. I mean, that's several machines kind of right compacted into one. Yeah, he's talked about that before too. He uses different netbooks. Yeah, he yeah he has separate machines for each one. Right. Except he's got a giant mixing board. Like, oh yeah. Like, like you guys uh, were talking about before the show, you know how your your audio is coming back from from me to you. You guys could hear yourself uh-huh, on the right. The trick with having guests is you have to send each one of your guests everybody else's voice except theirs. You know what I mean? Right. So you have to create these multiple lanes of routing of audio to to just pull out. I think it's called mix minus is the technical name. To pull out their voice so they don't hear themselves double. Right, and that right. it just turns into a pain. You have to. That's why I, I use this PreSonus box. It's one of the main reasons because I could feed separate outputs from the box to each of the guests minus their own voice, so they don't loop back on themselves. It get that. That was actually probably the most complicated thing is, uh, in my rig is getting that all figured out. Yeah, using a mixer like we do, you've got multiple buses. So you've got, uh, you know, uh, uh, an a, a feed A and a feed B, and then you can pan left and right and use those as two different buses. And you've got your monitor output. So you've got multiple buses built right into the same uh, device. Yeah, that's good using the pans as buses. I didn't think about that. Because I always thought I would need four four auxiliary buses. But if you're using panning, that could handle two channels right there. Right. It all gets dumped into Audacity Mono anyway, so it doesn't affect anything there. Do you like Audacity? Um, I do actually. Uh, even if there were, uh, if it weren't free, I would probably pay for it. It's it's a very good tool. I think it's great. It's solid as a rock. It's great for recording. But my problem is that when I'm done recording my shows, I go back and I, I adjust people's levels, but I also uh, their volume levels, but I also adjust the equalize the EQ on everybody's track. Right. Say wow. say say a guy calls in on and he's got a real bassy mic. You know, I could lower the bass or. Logitechs are famous for having the most trebly mics made. It's all treble. So I like to pump up the bass in those guys. So that, it's tough to do with Audacity because uh, they, you don't have, you can't adjust EQ on the fly as you're, as it's recording. That's my only problem with the program. I would love it if it wasn't for that. I'm thinking about, um, I'm definitely going to talk about it in my videos, but I'm also going to bring up Reaper. You guys hear Reaper? No, that's a new one to me. Reaper.fm is the site. It's a, it's basically a, uh, piece of software created for music recording 
most of the stuff when we're doing podcasting now, we, we kind of drift into the realm of music recording. That's where all the equipment kind of dovetails with broadcasting, music recording. That's where you get the best quality stuff. That's why I buy my stuff at like a guitar center. Uh, Reaper's meant technically for music recording, but it, it's only 40 bucks. It's free for 30 days and it's a 40 buck program and it's pro quality. And you can, you can, it's got all the effects and all the, the, uh, features that, you know, Logic and Pro Tools and all those big programs have for like a fraction of the price. I think it's a really good deal. And that's, it's complicated when you look at it, but it can do the job is what I'm trying to say. So that's something to look at too. I'm going to talk about in, uh, in, in the videos. Yeah, that's uh, my, one of the things that where your rig, I think, is simpler than mine is you get to do your noise gate and your compression uh, pre-recording. Pre yes. I have to go back and do that after the fact. Uh, so I see we run straight in. I could do that, but I, I don't have that gear. I'd have to go buy a compressing, compression or a noise gate. So what I do is I record everything raw, and then I go into Audacity, and I apply compression and, and apply noise gate after the fact. It works really well, but it's a little more after uh, processing that I have to do. I used to do that too, Mark. The, the only reason I bought those two boxes, the compressor and gate, is for live recording. Because if you try to run through those effects live, there's always going to be a bit of lag. It's called latency. For oh, it's so annoying, too. It's so annoying. You're going to hear yourself back in your head with the effect applied to your voice, but it's just going to be layered, and it's just to me, it drives me nuts. That The only reason I bought those boxes was so I can apply the compressor and gate in real time for the live show, for live video. Otherwise, right. I would I would do it all after the post-production in the software like you're doing. Yeah, I, would, I will say that our Ustream... Um, the you know hundreds of viewers we have on Ustream at this moment um, <laughs> are hearing a totally different mix than what we're hearing live and the, and what will be heard after the effect. My my focus is on um, the uh, the recording mix, and then the Ustream is just sort of a value add. You get what you That's, get. I I had the same viewpoint totally. Well, I think it's uh, worthwhile just to say that too. Is uh, you know I think on both sides of the. Uh, the feed here is uh if you're gonna do it do it right and you know we we've always preached that as well but uh you know if you have no other choice sure you know grab a uh, we know people that carry around voice recorders and literally just upload that as a podcast and uh it, it can it can be harsh to listen to but uh you know if you don't have anything then you know use what you've got but certainly if you're going to be uh taking this seriously you got to put some effort into into your audio quality I we um, I gave a presentation recently and and the way I phrase that is no first drafts. We don't allow first drafts anywhere else in life, but for some reason in podcasting, we seem to think that's okay. You just you just record something and slap it up there and call it good. That's not a podcast. That's a distributed recording. So this is so I just finished putting this part in my book. I consider I, I'm totally with you guys on this. I consider if you use like a crappy headset mic and want to podcast through that you got to figure, people are giving you their time to listen to what you have to say. The least you can do, the least you can do is put, get, go get a, a decent mic and record your voice in a, in a way that they'll, it sounds good. So, Otherwise, I think it's like a slap in the face to your listeners. You know, I'm like, you're not going to put a little bit more effort into this, you know? So I agree. Uh, of course, use what you got, but it doesn't cost too much to get something that will give you a much more better quality recording than maybe uh, a crappy, like, eight dollar headset mic you know absolutely much more better, much more better. <laughs> that's my whole 
<laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you looks like you're wearing uh, your iPhone ear uh, earphones. Is that uh, just because it looks better on video than these big goofy silver things I'm wearing? Oh, in fact, my <laughs> my ears would sweat, and I would I would because I'd be podcasting for hours, and I would get annoyed with it. And for some reason, I've gone through tons of earbuds just for for listening to music. I couldn't find ones that I like. I always come back to these because I just like the frequency. It's it's flat along the board. You know, I don't get too much bass, too much treble. It doesn't color the sound too much, these things. And to me, I like listening to music through them. So I started using them for podcasting. You know, I, I don't need to hear um, all the guests coming through in like, you know, uh, super quality. I, I this, These do the job for me. The only reason I wear headphones during a show is to listen to uh, what the guests and whatever audio and, and videos I'm playing. So um, these do the job, and they keep my ears, you know, I don't, they don't get sweaty, and they keep them dry. It's comfortable. It's the main reason. Right, and that's exactly the reason that I have these. Is I think they're comfortable, and uh, they don't necessarily look great. I'm not trying to look like an AM radio yeah. DJ, but uh, they're comfortable, and, and they work. So, yeah. so that's what we need. That's the product we need to come up with. Comfortable headphones? No, it's like a, a headphone ear powder. <laughs> so like those gloves that come with the talc pre in them you know headphones yeah that, yeah you know. you know like athlete athletic foot powder and stuff like that so, yeah wow I like, I, we just <laughs> took a turn <laughs> yeah you can always count on me for that yeah. <laughs> what headphones are they um i'll have to look sony sony mdr xd 100 nice just, uh i think they're literally 19 bucks a piece nice yeah, I don't, I don't wear these for looks, to answer your question. Right. I was just but. wondering, because uh, they do look less goofy than what I'm wearing. I, you know, <laughs> I'll give you that. Uh, but I think, uh, I, I'm not sure about your philosophy, but my philosophy is that uh, we don't have the gear to do video right, so I just kind of do video just kind of doing it. And, you know, when the day comes that I can afford to do it right, then I'll worry about how I look on camera, and I'll lose 200 pounds, and, and we'll go from there. <laughs> hey, nobody sees the bottom half of me. <laughs> I'm not the thinnest guy on this planet, trust me. <laughs> um, but it, what, are you, what are you thinking of, Mark, in the future? Like a Wirecast-type program? Um, what I would like to do, uh, honestly, I'm very happy with uh, Webcam Studio uh, for for its features. Um, what I what the problem that it it has is that it it runs on Linux and there's not a, a high quality encoder available for Flash in Linux. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would probably move to Wirecast just for that, just to get the high quality encoder. I'd like to get a couple of cameras and some lights and you know and and um, and. A higher, a faster processor. Right now, this machine really chokes uh, on the three images that we've got. Com well, we've got four, really, with the chat room. So we've got four images composited there, and it's working really hard at it. And if I really right. wanted to do something right, I would need you know a big i7 like you've got there, and and to do something uh, really well. Well, I'll tell you, the video runs on the the, the Wirecast computers. A quad. It's a, it's a pretty old. It's an older quad core Intel. It's a core two quad chip. And Wirecast is very good. I have to admit, it's very good with CPU. It doesn't matter. It, it, it very efficient. So um, you could you could broadcast high quality flash and still not max out your processor with Wirecast. Um, as far as cameras, I'm really happy with these little guys. It's I get them at Walmart. They're uh, I think it's a C270H. I think I got it right. They're like thirty bucks at Walmart. Logitech doesn't, I don't think they make headsets great. I'm not happy with the way their headsets sound too much, but their cameras are really good. And these, 
these little guys are HD and they, for the price, you can't beat them. A lot of my, the people that come live in my studio, I use these cameras for. So for my main camera, it's a, um, it's an HV30 Canon, if anybody was curious. Okay. So is that a SLR or a video? Yeah. It's a camcorder. Camcorder. Just camcorder. One, of the, one of the last ones that they made that actually have a DV output, like a Firewire out. Oh, wow. So that's how you, I get the live stream through it. Um, a lot of cameras now have HDMI out, which you could, you could do a live stream out of your camera with HDMI, but then you have to have a card in your computer that receives HDMI, and they're like, they, they're like 300 bucks just on their own right now. So until they come down, um, the only cameras, the only real camcorders that can do a live webcam type stream are ones that have DV ports on them. And that's, uh, that's the main reason I use it. Yeah, I was thinking of probably doing uh, like a Canon 5D Mark II SLR and using the video out of that. Uh, you get uh, uh, you hack the firmware, you can get a lot of really cool uh, uh, added effects onto it. They handle light conditions really well, but they're also pretty expensive. You're, you're sure. not talking about the $100 Logitech that I'm using now or the $30 <laughs> one that you're using. But the, the question is, can you stream live through it? Does it, does it put out a live stream or is it just recorded? Uh, you would have to have some sort of capture card, but I'm pretty sure it does work. Okay, that way. Cool. yeah, that'd be well, that would work great <laughs> with the with the hacked with the hacked firmware. I don't think it works that way out of the box. That'll look amazing. Yeah, and you know when we get ten thousand uh, sure. dollars, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll be sitting here with uh, bald and long gray beards. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder, do do you have? A long-term plan? Is there like a, a Podnuts master plan? Do you want to uh, rule the world, Pinky? Uh, what, what is your goal? No, in fact, I don't. That's probably the weakest point about Podnuts is uh, we're just seeing how it goes. You know, you never, I mean, you never know what's going to catch on, on on the web. The best, the best thing, the only thing I'm doing now that I can say I'm doing steadily is just keep putting out the content, keep putting out the content. You know, we, we did get on the Roku box. Um, we're on... I'm actually finally starting to put videos on YouTube now, which I never did. I do a lot of stupid things. But um, as far as long-term plan, I haven't sat down and thought it out yet. Um, I'm, I'm having fun putting out the content. And, I mean, if Rebecca Black can catch on with that song Friday, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen to your podcast. So it's, uh, let's just keep seeing what happens. But nope, not right now. What about you guys? Um, well, yeah, we want to uh, actually rule the world. Uh, we want to bring NBC to their knees uh, right. at, some, at some point. Um, you know, we started this as a hobby, just something we enjoy. And uh, just last week and, and today, we've got our, our first commercial endorsement. So, uh, uh, you know, somebody's taking notice, and that's great. And, and hopefully we'll make a few dollars along the way. It would be great to do this full time, but honestly, I don't think that's ever going to happen we're going to do it because we enjoy it and because our community enjoys it and uh, when those two things stop being true then we'll have to to stop and reassess i don't want to do something i hate just for money exactly exactly i'm with you i think it's a great plan well and i think uh what's interesting and something that we're both doing and uh i i'm thinking we probably got the idea from the same place which is uh, uh twit uh was, was to build a network you know, you do, you, you start one show up and it's going great and, uh, you get, you gather some, somewhat of a following there. And then, uh, you know, you've got other things that you can branch off into and you're like, well, you know, we can talk about this or that. And, uh, next thing you know, you've got, you know, three, four or five different uh, shows going. And, uh, I don't know how many Leo Laporte's doing now, but probably 20. <laughs> so I know I, it's, 
it's almost unavoidable, Sean. I mean, you gotta, you, you have, if you have enough fun doing one show and let's say, say you do it once a week, you're, you just crave more. You're like, what else can I talk about? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, just I, last week we added a second show to our network. Uh, it's a show called Everyday Linux where we try to, to, uh, uh, talk the, the grandmas into living with Linux on a day to day basis. And we've got a, another show that, uh, is in development right now. So I, I think probably it's the, that's the way with everybody. Your, your community comes up and says, Hey, we, we like this. We want to, we want to do something too. And so, uh, you know, those two shows are both, uh, produced by somebody else released on our network and so it, it works out really well oh that's great keep expanding i mean it sounds like you guys are doing really good and um you it, like you brought up the community uh you know most of the, the my regular guys on Podnuts, the guys that i consider household names for for a lot of listeners like you know door-to-door geek lalo timster matt chris i mean steve d all the guys um, they've all, they, they came from the community, you know, these weren't like hired, um, you know, people I found, I went searching out. It's like you, you build this community and you just get such a great return and people who are really into it. And, uh, it's, it's a blast. The, the community is just, is just, it's amazing what the community comes up with and does right on their own that you go, wow, I would have never came up with that, you know? So. I sort of pictured Door to Door Geek as as begging you, please let me on the show. And you, <laughs> you didn't have to ask him to be on the show; you had to tell him not to be on every show you do on the network. <laughs> oh man, we, you know he he had the idea of doing the Linux show. I think it's been a while now, and um, I said, "Why not? Let's go with it." And um, where I'm having, I, I'm learning so much just from that show. It's right, right. I'm learning a lot. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I wanted to ask you about your uh, artwork. Uh, you you have a consistent look and feel to your websites, to your your uh, logos. Uh, do you do that? Do you have a, a an artist you hire? How does that uh, come about? I do that. I don't recommend. I mean, if you guys know artists, get them to do it. <laughs> I don't recommend doing it yourself unless you really enjoy it. Because sometimes I don't look forward to doing it. I'm not. I'll tell you what. I am not an artist. I I I think I have a decent idea of composition where things should go colors how it should look and i i get these graphics squeeze them out eventually um i do it myself though when before podcasting a computer repair i did internet marketing and i tried to i'd have to make websites that i consider look professional otherwise people would just laugh at them and say no i'm not going to buy anything off that site so i got basically most of my graphics experience through that um i really like adobe fireworks cs3 I can't get off of that program. That's what I use for all my graphics. Um, the reason I use it is because it has great textures in there. So I don't have to come up with these things. Like if I want to create a block that has like yellow shading and it looks all 3D-ish, I draw, I draw a rectangle. That's the limit of my artistic. I draw the rectangle and I click the uh, texture I want fireworks to put in. I just pick out of a little pad and there's my 3D shaded rectangle. And then I just put text over it. Put a little glow behind the text, maybe a drop shadow, and that's how most of my graphics get made. Um, I crop things out of pictures, but I, I basically use Fireworks uh, CS3, and uh, it does the job for me. That's pretty much all I know. Like I said, I'm not an artist, but I yes, I do. I do the artwork for the site. Well, I think it's uh, it's it's good. It does the job. I, yeah. I yeah. think my favorite one is your Android App Addicts logo. That's uh, <laughs> uh, that's a very uh, well designed logo. I I had some piece of crap up for a while until I hired somebody to make a real logo for us. Um, right. And I, unfortunately, I can't afford to keep hiring people to keep designing things. <laughs> so it, I need designers it, in the community. That's yeah, what I that's, use your community. They will definitely do it. 
Um, I I just did it because I had to, but to make money before I I got into all, all this. So at least I had some experience, and I just kept practicing. I mean, it takes practice. You know what you, you know what to do? Look at other stuff. Don't I mean you? Of course, come up with your own design. But to start off, if you want to make a good looking graphic, look at a go look at graphics that you think are really cool and copy them. Like not not steal the graphic, copy the design, copy their their uh, techniques, and uh, start making graphics of your own if you do want to do it on your own, and you'll eventually get good at it. Well, and now, I mean, uh, with stuff like that, uh, and uh, we're, we're actually bouncing back and forth on this topic in the uh, the chat room, I love uh, GIMP. GIMP's my, my tool of choice, and I think there's a ton of tools out there that are going to uh, let you create all these graphics. And uh, now with YouTube, there's, there's more tutorials than you could probably watch in a lifetime on how to do all of these different effects. Uh, so, uh, if you are wanting to do something like that, yeah, you can definitely jump out there and there's no shortage of, uh, tutorials to follow. Totally. I, you know, I, I wish I knew GIMP. I think it, it, for me, like I said, I'm not an artist. I get overwhelmed when I look at a program like that, but I have to tell you, Sean, you nailed it. I, I'm addicted to YouTube tutorials. Lately. Yes. <laughs> I, all I do, that's all I, all I watch. Um, any program you want to learn, just YouTube it. I'm, I used to subscribe to lynda.com and uh, a site called Mac Pro Video, pay like 25 bucks a month. And um, honestly, the kids that post YouTube videos up on, the, on, on YouTube and teach you how to use programs usually do a better job than some of these professionals that, that talk to you like you're two years old. So I, I highly recommend YouTube tutorials. And GIMP's on my list. Yeah, there's. Uh, you, it's funny you said a kid because uh, I think the best GIMP tutorials out there are on YouTube, and they're done. The kid's got to be 12 years old. I mean, he he sounds he sounds like he's eight, but uh, to watch him uh, just rifling through all of these different yeah. things that he's doing in GIMP, it's mind boggling. You're like, man, how did this? How how is this kid doing this? Of course, he sits yeah. around and he doesn't have anything else to do, and uh, you know he doesn't have a mortgage and kids and everything else. Uh, right. so, so. I'll remind you that one of the hosts of one of our shows. It sounds like he's eight too, so that doesn't well, necessarily <laughs> mean much. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the funniest. I've talked about this on one of my shows, Nuts at Night. The funniest part about the uh, kids on YouTube, the tutorial, if you can put up with the unprofessionalism of it, like their mom knocking on the door, calling them for dinner, like right. that it's, happens it's, right in the middle of these videos, or they'll, t- they'll, they'll, they'll just take a break in the middle of the video because somebody wants to talk to him on Facebook. You yeah. know? Oh, wait a minute. I got to answer this. I am yeah. <laughs> serious. <laughs> if you can get past that, the kids, they, they'll, they'll post anything they learn. It's amazing. Well, and that's a, an interesting point. I have come to the conclusion, and it's sort of been a reversal of my opinion uh, over the last uh, few years, that since doing this show, I've come to the conclusion that, that delivery is more important than content. Uh, content is important, but the way you deliver it is more important than what you deliver. Uh, hmm. And I found that that Sean and I can have a show that is light on content but high on entertainment, and it gets more reviews than a show that is high on content and light on entertainment. People people want to be uh, entertained, and and you know, and the the kid who um, stops to uh, answer an IM, uh, that's you know what you're talking about. The the, the delivery there uh, lacks finesse, but the content is good. What what you really need is the if you're going to do this is you need to focus on the delivery as well as the content. That's really smart. And I, thanks for saying that because I didn't even, I'm having a tough time coming to grips with that. And you're right. I mean, the shows that I that get the most attention of mine are ones where I, I, know, I know shows where I was so angry because everything was going wrong that I was just fuming and I'm thinking it's the worst show in the world. And then people tell me that that was their favorite show because 
this was funny and that was funny and this was good and that was good and it all worked out and I'm like, oh, really? You like that one the best? Like, but all these things went wrong and you're right. They, they, they want to be entertained. You're right. Well, and, and they don't want to, they don't want to listen to somebody, you know, reading from a script or uh, anything crazy like that. And, yeah. you know, we, we decided that early on is, you know, obviously we want to have good content, but that, uh, you know, just like anybody commuting to work, uh, day to day, uh, whatever radio show of their choice that they, they listen to on their morning drive, it's it's the entertainment factor you know yeah they're going to get a little dabble of news and some music and and the content they want but they are going to grow an attachment to the hosts of that show and over time you know they kind of come into your car or into your living room or wherever you are and uh, become like family and uh, so i i think that's really important to say right now as we're talking to people who hopefully are aspiring to be podcasters is that uh, you've got to create that you've got to create character there and you you have to have uh, some characters that people can identify with absolutely i'm i'm so anti-script i mean it's not even funny i the problem with scripts is a lot of times people, it, it's actually a skill being able to read something off of a piece of paper or a screen and communicate that message to somebody else without, without you just being so focused in what you're trying to read that that communication never gets across to the person you're trying to talk to. So reading scripts, a, a lot of people aren't good at it, first of all. And second of all, it's just not natural. It's not real. And I, I love just, uh, just speaking off the cuff. I mean, that's, it's, it's really the root of podcasting to me is just speaking your mind. Right. I, I, I look at podcasting as like back in the, the early golden days of radio before television came along. It's, it's, it's not produced. It's not, uh, right. over processed. It's just, it's live people on a stage, uh, uh, doing what they do. And, and you're either good at that and, and, and engaging and likable or you're not. And you need to come to terms with those, that reality pretty early on. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Well, you'll get feedback. You know, some people, some people will, who listen, will, they'll let you know how they feel. So there's no shortage of, uh, you know, re responsive, uh, uh, you know, do-it-yourself survey, basically, of how your show went. Yeah, as one of the guys in our chat room likes to say, he doesn't tune in. He's not in education, and and the tech stuff we talk about doesn't really apply to him. He tunes in to hear me riff on Sean more <laughs> than for the content. It's the uh, it's the the Laurel and Hardy aspect, right? Um, I, I, there's a question that just came to mind. Uh, in the you've been doing this about three years, a little more. Uh, yeah. What would you say is the the number one skill you've had to develop in that amount of time? Um. I developed it, I think what I probably the most important skill, and if you haven't developed it, just you got to really get good at it, is listening. You know, um, when you have a guest on your show, listen to what he says and, you know, acknowledge when he, when he answers a question or when he says something and, and you use, use what the guest says, uh, as, you know, the next question and what, to keep the show rolling, their next question. Listening is basically what I'm trying to fumble out here. Listening is, is key. And it does take work, you know. Um, you have to concentrate. If you find out, if you find that you're like drifting off and not listening to your guest, focus and listen in on them, and keep keep the communication going good with, between you and the people on your show. So I would say the skill, one of the, the most important skills, the toughest, one of the toughest, and the thing that you should concentrate on a lot is uh, is listening and communication, you know. I agree with that completely. When you invite somebody to be on your show, you're imposing on their time, and you invited them to be a part of your show because you liked what they had to say. Let them say it yes. and listen when they do. And, and also, um, 
a skill to, to add to that is the ability to do that while you're mixing sound and tweaking settings and reading the chat room to be so globally minded like that is very difficult. I mean, there's a conversation going on right now with two guys insulting me while I'm talking to you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a real skill to be able to, uh, to take all of that in. I'm telling you that, uh, yeah, that's, that is probably the hardest one juggling everything. Well, and, and I remember early on, uh, Mark used to struggle with that. You could really tell he yeah. would be, he would be talking and in mid sentence, he would just sort of start to drift off <laughs> because <laughs> the, the chat room had his attention. And, uh, it's, it's interesting to watch how you get better with that over time. It's true. And especially, especially when you get Wirecast up and, and you're, um, oh, gosh, what, what is it called? Your video program? I like it. I keep, keep webcam getting, studio, webcam studio you know switching camera shots may seem in, and this and being able to still focus on your show may seem impossible at first when i started using wirecast i said this is not going to work i want somebody else to do all the camera switching but um believe it or not the more you do it the more you get used to it and it's natural and everything does click it it is a skill that you can learn and it it will work out in the end if you want to control everything <laughs> I, I the one thing that i suck at and i admit still i almost ignore the chat room when i'm doing my shows i'm sorry i say that if I do, if I don't, I I lose track of the show, and that's the main reason I do it. So, so if uh, your chat room is anything like ours, you're better off ignoring it. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the wrong word to use. I'm sorry, but no. I, I have a, I, have a, I don't focus on it as as the main thing when I when I'm doing a show. And of course, I appreciate everybody in there. I totally do, but um, I can't answer questions. Like sometimes guys get mad at me for not answering their question in the chat room when I'm doing my shows. And I'm like, really? Well, I'm a show here, you know. What you have to do is you, you watch a, an old salt like uh, Leo Laporte, and you just have to get really good at going, uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's not listening to a word the guest is saying. Especially like on security now. Right. He's to right. totally lost anyway. Every yeah. now and then you'll catch him with a mouthful of lunch, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Steve stops talking. He's like, rum, rum, hold on. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to uh, touch off of that thing you said about listening. Um, when I watch, uh, say, uh, for example, Jay Leno, I think is one of the best uh, talk show, the nighttime talk show host at that. He listens and he's he, he's willing to go off track, whereas some of the other guys, like uh, you know your typical seven o'clock news anchor, they have five questions they're going to ask in the same order, and the question the answers are irrelevant. And um, and there's a reason that the news cycle is failing, and and Leno is not. You know, right. uh, that right. that conversation is what people want. Absolutely, he is good at that. My favorite lately is Jimmy Fallon. He's he's I think he's kind of got his act together as far as the uh, the trendiness and the content's great. Um, but but what you were talking about, uh, having a list of questions where you just want to fire off at somebody. I've listened to podcasts where guys do just that. They they have their list of questions. They ask the guest the question. The guest answers the question fully, and the host doesn't even say thank you. He just reads the next question. Like people want to know that they're being heard. You know, it it, it helps ease grease the communication. So uh, that's it's it's crucial, definitely in podcasting. Well, and you know, just to comment on that, Art, the show notes that you and I are both looking at right now have four bullet points. We've only addressed two of them, and like all the other things we've said, haven't been on it. So it's it's an <laughs> idea of of having a uh, knowing where you're going to go and going there aren't necessarily the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, and I, that's that's a very good point to really bring up is if you're doing your own show, and I don't know if you use uh, show notes for your show, but uh, you know I do most of the the show prep, uh, the pre-show prep, and getting the uh, the guests lined up and getting them ready for the show and uh, introducing them to our show notes and just trying to really say, hey, this is just something to kind of show you what to expect. We may or may not go down this road. We may go, you know, totally off to the side and start talking about something else. But, uh, you know, I, I try to get the guests in that mindset before they come on is, you know, we're just, we're going to have a conversation. And, uh, I don't know. Do you use any show notes? You know, when I did Pod Nuts Daily, that, that, that's where I brought most of the content. Yes. Um, I used show notes and I, I, they were very, very scaled down. I just talked about whatever I could. But honestly, like I said in the beginning, the only shows I the only shows where I actually bring content now on my network are, are nuts at night, where it's just kind of freestyle and think think up interesting topics to talk about. I bring I do notes for that, and I have to bring a couple apps for Android app addicts. I'm fortunate, and then the rest of my shows, um, the guest basically brings uh, the goods, you know, as I like to say, and and creates his own notes, and I'll look at the notes, but. Um, there is always notes. I don't always have them, but somebody does. So <laughs> it's good. I think it's a good idea to bring notes. <laughs> well, it's all, it's been great having you on. And uh, I'm just looking at the time here. We're uh, uh, eating into your day. Uh, so I'll just, uh, it's. I mean, I could go on for a couple hours about this, and I, I, I think you probably could too. This is something we, we both love. Um, is there anything else that you uh, wanted to say that we haven't gotten to? Well, just what I said in the beginning, if, if anybody is interested in podcasting, um, I, I feel like I've learned so much, just like I did in the computer repair field. I've learned so much in the podcasting field in the last three years that I, I want to uh, talk about it. So I'll, I'll make an announcement when I'm ready to have this product released. But if anybody is interested in getting into podcasting, uh, I'm going to make a product available that basically explains everything I did, at least, to get up and running and rolling and, and expanding. So... Um, it's gonna, like I said, it's gonna be at howtopodcast.biz. I will try to get that done as soon as possible, but um, hopefully you'll hear through the grapevine that it is done when it is, and uh, hopefully that you guys will like that and will help you. And uh, you know, Sean and Mark, uh, it, it's been a blast. I, like you said, I, I, I could talk about this all day. I enjoy talking about it, and thank you guys for having me on the show. It's been great, and you plugged your product like a real pro there. I yeah, you. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's my next thing that I'm doing. I'm excited about it, so I want to talk about it. Yeah, right. nothing wrong with some good cross-promotion. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you guys are more than welcome on my show. Anytime. Um, we do Podnuts on Monday nights, uh, Podnuts Daily. Uh, I, have, I have it up at podnuts.com slash schedule. If you're interested in coming on any, you know, let me know, and, and I'll... I'll I'll probably be asking you too, sending you some emails, but I'd love to have you guys on my show too. That'd be great. Yeah, we'd, we'd love, love to. to. Awesome. And Sounds uh, good. We can be insulted by your chat room. It'll be great. <laughs> awesome. I don't even want to know what they're saying about me after that last thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, thanks for being with us. It's uh, a pleasure as always, and uh, we'll see you on the Podnuts Network. Thank you, guys. Once again, I was Steve Cherubino of the podnuts.com, P-O-D-N-U-T-Z network. And uh, thank you, Steve. We uh, uh, always enjoy having you on all two times. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and thanks. So we'll move right into our tips of the week. And actually, 
Man, that Reaper.fm was such a good tip. I'm tempted to just cop out because right. I, I do that every chance I get, uh, not have to put my own up. But uh, today I do have a tip of the week. It's it's only sort of a t- uh, tech tip. Uh, it's really anybody who's into this sort of thing tip. Um, it's called WinX DVD, and you can find it at WinXDVD.com. And it's a, a DVD authoring tool where you uh, throw up your own uh, video uh, files and um, uh, put it all together and burn your DVD uh, haven't used it. Uh, it was recommended to me. Uh, I put it out there. So I'm just going to say there's not necessarily an endorsement of it. It's just it is what it is, and somebody else told me it was really good. So it's a free tool for authoring your own DVDs. And that's all I got. All right. Well, I'll jump in here with the uh, teacher tip of the week. And uh, this is one that actually came from one of our listeners, and I, I'm praying I'm giving credit to the right one, Monkey Martin. Uh, and it is www.conacademy.org so like con like the wrath of con k h right k h a n and it really is con i know uh at least in the dallas area we have a place called the can academy uh so not to be uh not to be mixed up with that uh con references the the gentleman who found this uh founded this site as his last name i think um but what the website Khan Academy <laughs> is a site where you can watch, practice, and learn almost anything for free. That's how they uh, how they promote it. And uh, almost anything is a little bit of a stretch, but man, there is quite a bit out there. Uh, most of the topics right now are math related, but uh, uh, and that covers everything from basic math one plus one equals two, uh, all the way up to calculus and trigonometry. And uh, this guy is great at uh, Explaining this, these are just uh, online uh, kind of uh, tutorial videos. Uh, there are other math-related subjects like economics. Uh, he also has subjects like biology, chemistry, history, and astronomy. Uh, these these are uh, there's also other neat lessons like uh, the American Chinese debt loop, and that's one that I watched uh, just in research for the show. Oh, is that what that was? I heard you listening to that. It was fascinating. Yeah, it's absolutely great. And you know, as an American, you're like you know China is eating our lunch. But you don't really know all the nuts and bolts of it, and this guy just gets down and explains how that whole system is working and uh, how we're we're basically losing track, you know, all, every day. Uh, and also other things like payday loans, and you know, explaining how payday loans work. And never uh, do a payday loan, right? And there's so many people out there that can uh, benefit from this kind of information. And he really breaks it down, uh, all of these topics in ways that uh, the you know just the everyday person can really understand. And uh, all of his uh, testimonials uh, are people really just uh, speaking to that so i think this guy just really has a gift and uh he's been uh highlighted on uh, by forbes and uh bill gates has talked about this guy so he just really has a gift of presenting the the information so go check it out it's conacademy.org and that uh, it's one that I've known about for a while. I was kind of surprised that you didn't know about it. Actually, right. um, it's uh, it's huge. It's uh, uh, college courses, high school courses, uh, continuing education, adult education courses. It's uh, just anything you could want, almost, and growing daily. Uh, the guy right. has really gone out uh, and sought out some high quality material out there. So that's a great teacher tip. Yeah, and he's up to uh, over 2,100 videos, and he's actually seeking out ways for accreditation with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something to look for on the horizon. So, yeah, again, conacademy.org. 
And now I guess it would be time for me to say... Uh, well, no, no, not yet. we got to say how you can contact us. Ah, yes. yes. Okay. Because if you're listening to the show and don't know where you got it, um, you can find out more information at com. So that's uh, HTTP colon slash slash com, And that's where this community that we've been talking about all so long, that's where we meet. That's the coffee house at which we get together. Uh, that's uh, com. we got our forums there we got uh, uh the blog post the show notes all these great show tips that uh, uh that we've given over the last year are there and uh um it's uh the check it out also you can follow us on twitter uh twitter.com slash the where we would ordinarily be tweeting out when we're doing a show although we didn't do that today um no or- actually i did Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. so there you go. See, I don't even know. I don't follow my own. I'm on the ball. Uh, and then facebook.com slash the Taiwan Tech, which is, again, a way for you to follow us uh, and give some feedback back back um and so uh, and then also if you want to be on our show in a, uh, a very tangible way you can call us on our vo- uh, voicemail number at 530-FRUGAL2 F-R-U-G-A-L-2 or use the widget on our website and Google will call you we don't have any of those haven't had any for a while so guys we need you to call in even if you're just saying great show go right ahead and do that um just See how call I caught in. on to that that was pretty yeah, that good was really good yeah i'll just edit out that really long pause and we'll sound right. like you were right there <laughs> and so i think that's gonna wrap us up for this week so this is mark signing off and sean signing off <laughs>